Lisa K, 10 to noon on KTOE. Here we go, back on KTOE. Ah, driver's seat, right? All right, joining me on mic two today, our friend Mark Griffith, the executive director with South Central Minnesota EMS. And Mark's been in before talking a little bit about uh, the need for some volunteers. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you doing? Excellent. I haven't seen you since, what, before the holidays, right? Oh yeah. It's been, been about a month, I think. So, yeah. yeah. Well, welcome back. Well, thanks for having us. Thanks for bringing friends. I did, yeah. Do you want to introduce friends today? I sure can, yeah. So, okay. uh, so uh, in, in with us today, we have, uh, we'll start with Sheila Denton, who's our uh, child passenger safety liaison for the region. You can say hi, Sheila. I'm guessing. Hi, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) And then next to her is Rhonda Ingebrigtsen, who's the uh, ambulance manager in Lake Crystal. Hello. (laughs) And then... Last on the list, but first in our hearts, is Brooke Morris, who does our uh, our linkage to care, and she is the uh, she is the recruiting outreach person for for our region. Hello, everybody. Well, thanks for coming in. I certainly appreciate it. A good conversation today, and you're going to be joining me uh, like once a month now. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be talking a little bit about some of the things that you do. Um, I think that one of the big takeaways I had from the last time you were in was the need to keep our our EMS staff staffed mm-hmm. uh, really in our rural communities it's Absol- very important absolutely yeah and uh, you know and that that need continues for sure uh, you know uh, unfortunately Santa Claus did not bring us a bag full of volunteers for Christmas no. this year maybe maybe one or two but uh, okay. but uh, but no we uh, we when we you and I talked last month it was a wonderful conversation and in, in about what we do in EMS and what we don't do in EMS. We're right. not all Chicago fire. We're not all diving into volcanoes and stuff. Yeah, well, we see those shows and we, we assume that that's what happens. And in reality, it's it's real life, everyday people that are saving lives. Absolutely. And and that's, what, that's why I brought the friends I brought with today, because each of them started as volunteers and they've kind of branched into different things around volunteerism. And uh, and uh, I think I think you you and Everybody listening is going to enjoy meeting these guys. Right. Let's talk about structure before I go into meeting um, these folks. Because South Central EMS, what exactly do you do? Mm -hmm. And then in the introduction, we heard some other business names and some other, you know, some area names where people were working. Um, So how do those all tie together? What's the... Well, sure. So... uh so South Central EMS is a part of a, it's a regional system. The state has eight EMS regions. Um, and so we're the South Central region. We have the nine counties surrounding Mankato. So we go up to Sibley and then down to Fairbowl and Martin County and west of, or east of Wessex and west of Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we're tasked to do is to, to promote the EMS system for people that use it as well as people that are in it. Um, and we do that through support and education, opportunity, innovation, um, and that's where that and, and so that ends up filling in a lot of gaps. Mm-hmm. Um, most of our response in the region is volunteer, so it really becomes our job to kind of fill that gap into time. For instance, Rhonda, you know, she, Rhonda may need help now. Rhonda's an ambulance manager, she might need help with recruiting or help arranging something to come down and promote a different message. Okay. And that's that's what we really get paid to do is to to try to enhance her experience as an EMS provider. 
or whatever she's doing in EMS. So why do you have um, such a short supply of providers right now? What is the reason for that? You know, in our in our rural communities, and, and most of them are, you know, that's the volunteer base in our region. Um, a lot of those communities have shrunk over the last 20 years. You know, people people leave and they go to college and they do, they just don't go back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've had some of that. We've had a kind of a shift in, um, you know, the people's attitudes toward volunteerism. Everybody is busy. You're busy. I'm busy. These guys are busy. And uh, it really ends up being, you know, they just feel that they don't have time. Um, part of it is... Uh, the perception that we were talking about earlier, everybody knows what we look like on TV, <laughs> and they're either super fascinated by it, right? They want to buy everything they can possibly right. put in their pockets, or they're completely afraid of it. You know, they're afraid of the blood and the gore and the guts, which is 95% of the time is not the not case. Not what happens. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and then COVID, you know, COVID was kind of the icing on the cake, and I, I think my uh, counterparts would maybe nod their heads a little bit. You know, folks just... Uh, COVID kind of changed changed a lot of dynamics as far as people wanting to get into healthcare. I mean, mm-hmm. we went two years where we were we looked like spacemen when we go to a call. Oh, and, I can imagine. And yeah, it was it was scary. It was scary all around. It was stressful for our folks. And not only could we not get new people in, we were losing people because they were they were stressed out. So. Um, yeah. Well, so I know uh, as we meet uh, the women that are in today, um, there's different titles. So talk about mm-hmm. the different words and the titles, because when it comes to, I have a friend who I was like, I don't know, he was, he's like a EMS, he, he drives an ambulance. I, I asked him, he's like, I'm a paramedic. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I mean, I knew you did something. I'm not in the field, so I don't know. Sure. Well, that easy. We'll just start with the basics, right? So, uh, um, unlike on, unlike TV, on TV we're all paramedics. You know, it doesn't matter what you do in EMS, we are paramedics. And these guys are laughing because they know it's true. Um, so, it, but within the region, we have uh, you know, as far as certificated letters, we have uh, levels. We have emergency medical responder, which is kind of your entry level. Okay. Right. It's about forty hours of class. You really kind of get your, uh, you get your, get your, you start getting your hands around kind of what uh, emergency response really looks like. You know what's involved as an, as far as a medical provider in the field. The next level up from that is EMT, emergency medical technician. Um, that's about 160 hours of training, and you really start not only learning how to respond, but you get the, uh, you start getting into the hows and the whys of when people are sick or ill, you know, what, what might be causing that? What should we be looking for? You know, a, a bit more, a bit more in depth with it. Mm-hmm. Um, from there we have paramedics. Um, and that is uh, upwards of about 1200. I see you, hours. Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> That's about uh, 1200 hours of training. And that is, uh, oh, that they do pharmacology, physiology, and that whole, that whole, you know, it's just a very involved, Sometimes it's a two-year program, mm-hmm. and uh, and those are the folks that go out. That's as EMTs, as our volunteer providers. Those are the folks that we would go to if we kind of hit our limit in the field and we need more. It's the more next assistance. step up as far as medical assistance. Then it is right? absolutely. Okay. So, and then there's drivers out there. Okay. We have we have folks that uh, you know aren't maybe sure what they should what they want to do in EMS and driving if you know to approach a local service to see if they need drivers is Mm -hmm. sometimes a wonderful first step into finding out hey you know I really I can really dig this Yeah, just to be there with them all right yeah well let's meet some people today we've got who wants to start anybody want to volunteer to start I've got three uh, people that work in the field sitting around with me and 
Um, nobody's going to volunteer. I feel like a teacher, like I'm going to have to call on y'all. No, like, it's like sitting in church with all the Lutherans. Nobody sits in the front right. row. She did it. She did it. You see how she talked first? Now I want to go to her, right? So she's going to tell everybody it's safe. Brooke Morris is with Centricare EMS and also with South Central EMS with recruitment and harm reduction. Did I right. say that right? Yes. You have a lot of titles. Yep. That's a lot of stuff going on, but yeah, yeah um, definitely I've touched in all of those fields. So um, right now I do um, a casual status uh, with Centricare out of Redwood Falls and their EMS. I'm an EMT with them. So we run um, a paramedic with an EMT on a truck. Um, and then my full-time job is actually right here in Mankato. I work for Smiles at the um, Independent Living Center. Oh, okay. I've had Smiles in here before. Yes. All right. Yep. So I'm an independent living specialist with them. And so then um, EMS really has always kind of been my second love and my second gig in life that um, I really am super passionate about. Um, I feel like it's a great way to be able to give back to my community um, and get to know the folks in my community and um, just kind of be a helping helping hand, so to speak. Um, so it's not your first, this isn't your first job working with EMS? No, it is not. Okay. No, actually I've been in EMS for 14 years. Okay. So um, I had a start with a um, EMS uh, career in Lamberton, Minnesota and worked with them for about two years and then had kids and took some time off and uh, then came back and worked for a couple of other smaller services and during COVID, I actually held a full-time position with Medelia Health out of Medelia and uh, was their lead EMT um, during kind of those COVID years. And so that was really quite an experience as well. So um, yeah, lots going on. That's when the Linkage to Care grant um, took place and started up. And we um, did a huge push in the region uh, to educate people on opiate overdose and the use of Narcan and supplied people with Narcan and um, just kind of getting the word and education out there about that as well. Um, and then now I've kind of, um, now that, you know, we've kind of got that harm reduction thing going and people know about Narcan and that they can contact us for that. Um, I actually have Bell Plain PD call me on a pretty regular basis oh, wow. and say, hey, okay. we're out, can you get us some more? And so between Mark and I, one of us buzzes up to the PD up there and resupplies them or I... Uh, not too long ago, resupplied uh, Watton County, their entire sheriff's department with Narcan um, to keep them supplied as well. Because first of all, it's terrible. We have to use that, right? It is. That's the problem. Yep. But it is. But wow. Yeah. But you know, the overall hope um, is that eventually they'll come to the realization that they need help. They want to get help, and we're hoping to save their life long enough for them to get to that point and say, "Okay, I really want some help, mm -hmm. and I want to," you know change my life um, but you know right right now what we're doing is just trying to you know give them a helping hand because yeah. regardless of how you feel about um, using and drugs and opioids and you know giving Narcan out for free and whatnot it's still somebody's brother it's still somebody's mom it's mm -hmm. still somebody's sister niece daughter however um, you know and as as a mom of three myself um, if one of my children were in that situation I would want someone helping right. them absolutely can I roll you back like 14 years and and just get you to mention a little bit about uh, what you did how you got started because you're all volunteers I want to get to that that very beginning of the story uh, if we're in short supply of volunteers um, 
how did you get involved in volunteering and what made you make that final like yeah I'm gonna make the phone call you know my mom is a nurse um, she was a nurse for 40 years so I just kind of had um, an inkling that I liked the medical field I just didn't quite know what I wanted to do with it and thought well gee maybe I want to be a veterinary technician <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> not what I ended up doing. <laughs> I'm supposed to be a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> not what I ended up doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so then I went to a little bit of college, took a first aid class, and um, ended up kind of coming up on fender-bender accident where a kid needed a little bit of assistance. And I went, huh, kind of like rolling up on accidents and uh, that adrenaline rush that it gives you and helping people really quickly and making decisions really quickly and being in the thick of that and then sending them off to the hospital and then you're on to the next thing for Knowing the day. that you can help, right? Yes. Knowing yep. that you can help. Yep. Oh. And knowing that, you know, that gives me a deeper connection with my community as well. I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back with a whole group of people uh, working with South Central EMS. uh, And we'll be right back. It's Talk of the Town. Lisa Kay on KTOE. Back on KTOE. It's Middays with Lisa Kay. Thanks for hanging out. We've got our friend Mark Griffith and bringing us a whole group of people from uh, South Central Minnesota EMS. A little bit uh, involved in different things. And uh, who are we going to talk to next? Sheila, do you want to go next? Sure, I can go next. (laughs) We'll go with you then. Uh, Let's talk about uh, Sheila Dent. Uh, child Passenger Safety Liaison with South Central Minnesota EMS and also Captain of the Grenada First Responders. Yes. All right. Well, how did you get involved if you started as a volunteer as well? And how many years have you been doing this? Um, well, actually, Grenada has always been a volunteer group. Um, we are first responders, so, which means we do not get to transport patients. Um, I got into EMS. I was a young mom. Um, we started our family and stuff young. Um, we had people actually come knock on our door, say, hey, we need volunteers. Um, and that is actually how I door got into it. Door-to-door volunteer call. We were. Wow. And actually, to this day, we still go door-to-door and hand out flyers, um, such as if we have a, um, uh, like pancake feeds for a fireman, anything like that. A lot of it is is door-to-door in Grenada. Okay. You know, I mean, that's how we reach our reach everybody in town and honestly that's how you get to meet your neighbors right you know you want to get to know the people that are in town you want to know who are around us um this last round we're actually doing a first responders um class in grenada in march and i actually have a high school senior um who's going to be going into um winona to start his medical career okay um who is asked to join and then i also have our another a local gal in town um who runs our bar in town um that wants to become a first responder That'd be a really good idea, I think, for a a bar owner, too. Yes. You never know what could happen at your establishment, right? Yes. You know, and a big part of it is living in Grenada, you know, a town of 300 people, we don't work in town. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm lucky enough, fortunate enough with South Central EMS to where I can go go be out of my home quite a bit. Um, But honestly, there's not a whole lot of people other than our school staff in town. Mm -hmm. Um, So be able to get people to run during the day. um, That's why, you know, the bar owner, um, local high school students... Um, that's why they're so great to join with us. Right. You know, we call it getting the fresh new blood in, but <laughs> <laughs> different kind, right? Yeah. Yep. So kind. that's actually how I got into EMS. Um, I've been doing it now for 28 years. Mm-hmm. What's your why then? Like, what's the passion for oh, you? You know, the funny story. When I started um, looking at, you know, going into careers when you're in high school and stuff, um, blood, forget it. Mm-hmm. You know. Pass out. Nope, can't do it. Um, had my daughter. Mm-hmm. 
things changed. Oh, that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> totally changed. And all the moms and then in the room laugh. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. And then all of a sudden, it's, you know what? This is what I want to do. You know, it is. It's that adrenaline rush. Um, the lights, the sirens. You know, and actually when I go in and talk to um, our younger groups and stuff, you know, that's why I was telling them, you know, hey, and you get to play with your lights and sirens. <laughs> Woohoo, right? Um, but no, that, that's kind of what it was for me is I wanted to get involved in my community. You know, um, we don't have a whole lot of community things anymore. You know, you used to have your women's group, your men's group, all that other fun stuff. You don't have that anymore because there's not enough volunteers. Right. Um, and I wanted to be the one to kind of help boost that. Right. Look for the helpers, right? Yes. Tell me a little bit about the child safety portion of your job. Okay. Child passenger safety. Um, that could be a whole nother topic, I too. It's a whole nother yep. show. <laughs> but uh, child passenger safety, um, our main goal is to make sure that all of our kiddos are buckled up properly, safe in their cars. Um, and in the event of a crash, we want them safe in their seats. A lot of people don't realize that seatbelts are made for adults. They're not made for our kiddos. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of our focus is, is making sure these kids stay in some form of a car seat, whether it be a five-point harness, whether it be a booster seat, until they reach the height requirement um, for our seat, adult seat belts. Four nine um, is kind of what we go with. Okay. So yeah, so we're just making sure we've got kiddos in. We also do a free car seat distribution program to families and stuff in need. Welcome back to Talk of the Town. Here's Lisa Kay on KTOE. Yeah, we are back. It is 1041 here on Talk of the Town. Lisa Kay on your midday. Um, we were talking all about South Central Minnesota EMS with a bunch of folks in studio today. We've talked to Mark. We have talked to Sheila. We've talked to Brooke. It's Rhonda's turn. Rhonda. Rhonda Ingebrigtsen. Did yes. I say that right? Ingebrigtsen. Yeah. Ingebrigtsen. Okay. And you're with Lake Crystal Ambulance Service. Yes, I am. And the, what do you do? I am the full-time EMT. Okay. Um, and then I'm also the director of the, and manager, I guess you could say, of the service there. All right. So we're going to so. talk a little bit about how long have you been doing that? I, I just find it fascinating that you've all started as volunteers and yeah. then this has kind of morphed into, it doesn't go away. This is your life. Right. Yeah. Um, I've been with the Lake Crystal Ambulance Service for about 13 years. Um, I started out, my passion for EMS kind of grew once I needed EMS. Oh. So, uh, you know, kudos to the two flight medics that saved my life. So Really? Yeah. And then I have to, you know, give a shout out to my dad there, too, because he has been an EMR um trainer for as long as I can remember. So so this is in your blood. Yeah, yeah. it's in my blood. From a young age, I right. remember setting ankles, you know, <laughs> and stuff. So, wow. yeah. So uh, my dad was a great teacher and educator as far as that went. And then when I finally moved into, like, the Lake Crystal area, um, I was no longer a stay-at-home mom anymore because all the girls were in school. So I decided to give back to my community and took that EMT class, which was fun. I made some great friends in that EMS class and some of them are still on the service with me today. Oh, so, wow. But um, yeah, I just the passion is just there. I just I love helping people. Right. How I big mean, how big is the Lake Crystal uh, Ambulance Service? So our PSA covers about 147 square miles. Okay. Um, we service probably anywhere between four to 5,000 people. Um, it takes us approximately 20 minutes to get to the very farthest point of our PSA, which is our primary service area. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, in the last year, we had about 523, or I'm sorry, 532 uh, for call volume. 
Okay. So, yeah. And, we and have, that's something, you never know when a call is going to come in. No, right? you never so do. So, like, it, mm-hmm. middle of the night, you're, like, in the bathtub or something. like In the shower. Yeah. Every time. Really? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Every time. <laughs> so, what is that like, having to, to, did it take any adjustment to you, like, having to learn to live? I mean, I feel, I, I feel like it's on the edge all the time. It is. Like, I, your body's always on. Every time you're on call, your body is always on. Um, you're always, your mindset is... You want to relax. You want to spend that quality time with at home, but that that tone goes off, and you're just instantly ready right. to go. And you mentioned on call, so there are days off. I mean, I, I was going to say, days. who's watching over things now? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so um, for us in Lake Crystal, we typically do a 12-hour on, 12-hour off. Okay. Um, and it is, you know, I'm there, yeah, that full time. But honestly, this service wouldn't be what it is without our volunteers. And our volunteers are all all breeds of people. We have CEOs, we have electricians, we have nursing, we, you know, we have roofers on our service. So people you would look at and, you know, pass at the grocery store, you would never assume. Right. And, yep. and they're kind just of a, awesome almost people. like a little superpower walking in going, yeah, if something happens, I'm going to be the one that's going to help yeah. or I'm going to be one of the ones that's going to help. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it, it is, it is an awesome feeling to be able to go to your neighbor and help your neighbor. Right. You know, um, and honestly, the whole passion behind it is, is, you know, my mom's required an ambulance ride. Um, I have other siblings that have required an ambulance ride. And I would want my family to be cared for in that manner that I give to every patient I serve. And I see that same passion and dedication to their community through the volunteers here at Lake Crystal. So do you feel like it's a certain type of personality? It's a certain, there's something in you and all of the other uh, folks well, that you work around in that field? I'm a total adrenaline junkie. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but I think, I I don't know if there's an, a certain type of person. I think it's just that matter of really um, having that broader picture that, you know, it does take individuals within your community to take care of everyone. We have that old saying where it takes the village to raise the child, right? Right. right. Well, it takes the village to care for one another, mm. too. And I think that um, by volunteering, you can do that. Um, I, and I see that, you know, volunteer um, volunteering has actually decreased. Um, you know, in the last 10 years, we've seen a rapid decrease. Mm-hmm. But I think the whole idea of volunteering has just changed and morphed. I think some of the um, requirements that we're, you know, we're needing for that full-time coverage, because we cover 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. doesn't matter when we're on. And I think that um, we're kind of moving to a more of a blended system where we're going to see more paid volunteers and or paid personnel and subsidizing it with volunteers. Okay. Now, any one of you can answer this uh, as well. I'm going to make sure everybody's microphones are up before I ask that question. But um, the the connection that you have, it sounds like you all are are doing something um, for the main part, but you're connected to South Central Minnesota EMS. Is that pretty typical of of everybody that would volunteer? Yes. Uh, I would think so that eventually we all would be connected with the region somehow and I believe so through our services we're all connected with a region somehow because of training and continuing education that's why I'm connected with Mark through South Central and that's why um, the ladies sitting here next to my next to me are are connected with Mark as well as you know training further education and then we've also been 
you know, afforded the opportunities to further our careers through the region as well. Yeah, I think that's a, and that's a, a great question. I mean, the region provides that kind of that overarching umbrella, you know, as services need have needs or they have questions or they need specific education, they can come to us. We end up kind of being that clearinghouse. But we, we do have several folks throughout the region, um, like like Sheila and, and Rhonda and, and Brooke, that um, they're, they're just passionate about something. And mm-hmm. we recognize that and we want to tap into that. And again, I mean, we know that their time is valuable. So in whatever they're doing, we have to make sure that, that we make it worth their time for sure. You know, that they're getting something out of this, you know, personally. Right. Um, and I think you would all agree with that, that, you know, you're pretty passionate about what you do. And, um, but yeah, no, we're, we, and that's, you know, you've heard, you've heard three very different stories about how people get into EMS. Um, and they started as volunteers. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you uh, that Sheila never dreamed about being a child passenger safety liaison <laughs> when she was six years old. Um, well, Rhonda, you know, we already know that she's been wanting to be an EMS forever. But, uh, but, and, but Brooke, I mean, Brooke had no idea that when she went and signed up to, to be a, an EMT, that someday she would be providing linkage to care right. to, to people, you know, and which is which is an offset. I mean, that's an offshoot for what we do in EMS. I mean, if we can keep people out of an ambulance, that's great. Yeah, that would be ideal. But the fact that um, we we live in a rural community, right? Mm-hmm. In yeah. Southern Minnesota, we have a lot of small uh, small towns, small cities all over the place. Uh, the the need for care. If if something happens to me right now, I'm down the street from the hospital. That's not the case in some of those communities, and so we need to have those volunteers in that live and work in those communities. For us being first responders, um, we are the ones that respond to the scene. Um, So we may be doing five, ten minutes of CPR before our transporting agencies can get there. Um, So that is another big factor when I do talk to people. Um, I do say that, you know, do you want us there five, ten minutes sooner than that transporting agency? Because in a CPR or a code, that five, ten minutes is everything. Mm -hmm. You know, that's actually the difference between life and death. Right. You know, do you want us there? You know, and that's why we ask for uh, so many volunteers, so much support from our communities and stuff. Um, if we're not there, who's going to be? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and running, yeah, running 365, seven days a week. You know, our pager, our pagers are always on. Yeah. It just I had so. to turn mine off, actually, because yeah. I didn't want it to go yeah. off. Yeah. Somebody needs you now. Yeah. yeah. I think that's probably one of the biggest um, things that I see is I'm not getting any younger, um, but there are not a flood of volunteers to follow up to replace us as we get older as mm-hmm. well. Um, and so that's scary. And I think that this is a great um, stepping stone for EMS, you know, being here with Lisa today and um, having the chance to raise awareness that, like, our EMS services are hurting and we're struggling. And, um, you know, if we don't have more people that are willing to step in and take that class and whatnot, when mom, dad, grandma, whoever falls, gets sick, has a stroke, has a heart attack, whatever, you are very much in, you know, kind of a sticky spot where you could be waiting 25 minutes for an ambulance to get to you. Um, if you don't have a community that has a first responder group that can get there quicker than the transporting agency. Mm -hmm. Um, To me, that's very scary. 
Um, so that, you know, I just really want to see us be able to raise awareness and um, get the word out that, you know, if you want someone there when you're sick, when your loved one is ill, golly, you know, folks got to start getting on board. Who's a volunteer, Mark? Who is a volunteer? Anybody. Anybody is volunteer. Anybody. Anybody. It, it, it is. And I wish I, I wish I could, I wish I could doll that up to sound more impressive, but but it's not. I mean, anybody that wants to help, anybody that wants to help can call, can reach out to their, their local fire department, their local first responder agency, their local ambulance, and just ask, call Rhonda and ask her, hey, what can I do to help? Mm-hmm. Um, we will find a home for them. All right. Back on KTOE, Middays with Lisa Kay, and just wrapping it up with our friends from South Central Minnesota EMS. Uh, we've got a whole crew in studio. How, uh, ladies, I was going to ask you, how does the family, how do your families handle what it is that you do? Because if you're on call, I mean, pagers are off right now here in the studio, but they could go off at any time during a kid's conference or, you know, anything you have going on. Yeah, I, I'm actually one of the very fortunate ones. Um, I am an EMT. My husband is an EMR. Oh. Um, and he's also on the fire department. He gets it. Yep, he gets it. So I'm actually one of the lucky ones. Um, but even when our kids and stuff were little, and even like my parents, mm-hmm. um, his parents and stuff, I mean, they all know what we do. Um, so like I said, I'm one of the very lucky ones to be able to ha- be able to talk when we get home. Mm-hmm. So. I'm uh, very fortunate as well. My uh, fiance and 12-year-old that's still at home with me are both very supportive. They know that this is something I'm very passionate about. And um, I think, you know, they just really love that, you know, mom and, you know, Brooke is, you know, out there helping the community and taking care of people and whatnot. Um, there's definitely been some times where, you know, you see the look on their face where it's, you know, you're darting to go out the door to a call <laughs> and they're like, you have to go again. But yet they know, you know, you take a breath and yeah. it's like, but she has to because she's out, helping. Yeah, you're out helping people too, right? Yeah. 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 I think that, um, you know, my family, none of my family is in the medical field. Um, I, you know, I worked with the Mankato Clinic forever and then I switched to this job in 2020, which I don't know what I was thinking <laughs> <laughs> at that date. But, um, you know, I think that that huge support system that you have at home, that pride that they feel for you when you're walking in and out of that door, you know, and then the loving care that they provide when you come home after a really crappy call. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Thank you for your dedication, your passion, and for helping to save and keep our community safe. I appreciate that. Mark, if we want more information about possibly volunteering our time or just having some questions, is there a good place that we can go? Sure. Um, You can uh, can certainly, you know, reach out to your local ambulance agencies, and that's in in Mankato, in the the outlying areas, wherever. Um, Or you can hit our website, um, um, sc-ems.org. Right as you show up, there's you know, how can I volunteer? Click that and we'll take you the rest of the way. We'll get you over on KTOE.com as well. If you're going to listen to this in the replay, there will be some links that are uh, down below um, on the blog page, the podcast page, all of that. Thank you so much for coming in. We'll see you next month. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having us. And uh, and, uh, and and thank you for helping us getting the word out. Absolutely. It's KTOE, Radio Mankato, and Lisa Kay on your midday here.